Hello! Welcome to Safeguarding Soundbites, the bite-sized podcast that tells you what you need to know about this week's online safeguarding news. I'm Natalie. And I'm Danielle. And we're here to share these news updates with you, including deepfake ad scams, tips from security experts on keeping your home safe online, the mobile phone ban debate, fears children are not being protected from harm and discrimination, and our safeguarding success story of the week. As ever, we're starting in the always changing world of social media. So what's been big in the news this week? Well, have you heard of Mr Beast? Who? (laughs) Mr Beast. He's one of the most popular influencers across all social media platforms, but especially on YouTube, as he has more subscribers than any other individual creator. Most of his videos involve him interacting with his followers in over-the-top tasks and challenges to win big prizes. For example, his most popular video to date was a recreation of Netflix's hit show Squid Game, Obviously, without all of the gruesome deaths and injuries. Mm, I should hope so. But the winner did receive $456,000. Mr. Beast also often meets random people on the street and has them do a challenge to win money or cars or trips. He's made his name by being extravagant with his acts of generosity. So, after an AI deepfake ad went live on TikTok where he appeared to be giving away the latest iPhone for only $2 to the first 10,000 people, the real Mr. Beast posted a video warning people that this ad was a fake. Well, I understand why people would think it's real. I mean, giving away iPhones for $2 seems like something he would do, given the nature of his other videos. Yes, precisely. Unfortunately, this was a scam that made use of a convincing deepfake created by AI, or artificial intelligence. These scams involving well-known influencers, actors, presenters and other celebrities are starting to pop up all over social media platforms. Just this week, actor Tom Hanks posted on his Instagram warning his fans that he had nothing to do with an AI advert that featured him promoting a dental plan. Another AI deepfake video appeared to show two BBC News presenters interviewing Elon Musk about an investment opportunity. I mean, we know videos like this are becoming more and more convincing and common, especially when they're glimpsed while scrolling through social media. And it can be difficult to pause and take a moment to discern whether what you're seeing is real or fake. And with AI becoming more and more accessible across the board, scammers are now making use of this technology to create scam advertisements that are so convincing they pass the moderation on social media platforms. So what can we do to make sure we don't fall victim to these scam ads? Well, as we've already said, take a moment to pause. Many scams will try to make you act quickly. For example, the first 10,000 people will get this. Buy now. But it's important not to rush into a decision, especially if it involves spending money. And another important point to remember is that if what the ad is offering is too good to be true, it probably is. Think about who is actually posting the advert. Is it a verified account? Is the username generic? Is the brand logo authentic? Or does it look slightly off? Which goes for the video itself as well. A lot of AI-generated imagery, including videos, will have some telltale signs that it's not authentic. The image may seem blurred or distorted, especially around the eyes and the mouth of the person speaking. Words may be misused, mispronounced or misspelled. Audio might be garbled or choppy. And while we hope that social media platforms are able to rise to the challenge of AI deepfakes, as they don't seem to be going anywhere, it's important that we do take matters into our own hands when it comes to things like scams, deepfakes and artificial intelligence. So to stay sharp and top up your digital resilience, head to your app or our website to find helpful resources on these topics and more. 
So as the days start to get darker and colder, the temptation to book a last minute holiday may inspire a quick weekend getaway to somewhere that is still sunny and warm. Oh, that would be a dream. Wouldn't it? Well, as nice as this would be, security experts ADT have sent out an urgent warning to UK residents who may be spending some time away from their homes in the next few months. According to the Office of National Statistics, home burglaries have gone up 4% in the last year, which may not sound like a lot, but it's actually an additional 10,000 homes. A contributing factor to this increase has been identified as social media. I see. If someone posts that they're going away on holiday, that's telling potential thieves that the house may be left unoccupied for that time. Exactly. The concept of oversharing on social media isn't a new one, but it is a very important one to be aware of. To help educate people on the potential dangers, ADT have released six tips for easy actions you can take. Oh, I love a good online safety top tip. What are they? The first one is actually one I never would have thought of. It's don't give strangers an online tour of your house. Oh dear, influencers beware. (laughs) They've encouraged everyone to refrain from posting something that shows the layout of your home or any high-value items in specific rooms, as this could show robbers potential entrances and exits or rooms to hit for targeted items. It's also important not to post any new expensive gifts that you receive, as that could encourage some interest. That makes sense. So, no showing off your new PlayStation 5 in the front room or your kitted out home office. What else did they advise? Well, a bit more obviously, they advised people not to share plans like trips or family visits on social media until after you've returned home. This includes sharing geotags, as this could show the criminal exactly how long it would take you to get back to your home from your location. If it's unavoidable, they've recommended investing in smart plugs that will turn your lights on and off to make it look like someone is in. That's one way to use tech for good. It certainly is. It's also crucial to know exactly who you are sharing with. Absolutely. Make sure your profile is set to private to avoid strangers seeing your posts. And don't accept friend requests from people you don't know. That's the one. If everyone can see your posts, then anyone can see your posts, including people who may want to take advantage of you being out of the house. Now, while the ADT have aimed their advice at homeowners, I'd like to add another important piece of advice. Yeah, what's that? Well, consider the online behaviour of every member of your household, not just your own. Children and young people are growing up in that digital age where it's normal and encouraged to share things with others online. They might not have the digital resilience to consider the consequences of oversharing or befriending strangers online. And don't forget, this also applies to things like live streaming or their Be Real. This kind of content is instant, in the moment and often in real time. Explaining how someone could use their social media to break in may seem like scaremongering, but it's a reality no one wants to face. And that is why it's important to discuss practical steps for online safety with them. So use this example as a way to illustrate how much your whole house needs to work together to ensure the security of your home for people who may want to take advantage of any innocent posts. This is important for their cybersecurity, but also their offline security as well. If you need help starting the conversation, you can head to your app or our website to find helpful resources. Well, Danielle, I know we've been talking about the proposed mobile phone ban in schools for a while now. It's turning into the online safety bill at this rate. Yeah, but it looks like we're going to have to talk about it for a little bit longer. All across the UK, government officials, school board members, parents, carers and pupils have all been sharing their thoughts on what banning mobile phones in UK schools would look like. Most recently, Education Secretary Gillian Keegan announced that the government is planning to introduce the ban, as they believe mobile phones pose a serious challenge in terms of distraction, disruptive behaviour and bullying. All good points. Yes, 
but a lot of others have said that the ban would be unworkable, as they believe young people and their parents would be unwilling to leave phones at home for the day. A teachers' union officer has recently spoken against the bill, saying the ban will have little effect on the behavioural problems that school staff are currently facing. He believes this ban is just a way to divert attention from the real issues that teachers across the UK are facing. Paul Whiteman from the School Leaders' Union agreed with this sentiment, saying that this ban might actually cause more problems than it solves. Oh dear, it doesn't sound like there's any clear answers on this, does there? Not really, no. As ever, our online safety experts will continue to monitor this situation and we'll report back to you with any significant updates or information. Perhaps we should do a special episode of Soundbites to round up everything we know about the mobile phone ban. Maybe include some of the thoughts from teachers, pupils, parents, carers that we've collected ourselves. Now that is a great idea. I guess our listeners will just have to wait and listen. Wait and listen. Sounds good. The Children's Commissioner has warned that children and young people in Scotland are not being adequately protected from harm and discrimination. This concern has risen amid reports of multiple gaps in national safeguarding guidance. Now Scottish MPs are being asked to consider a petition into child safeguarding concerns around areas such as physical restraint in schools and handling assault allegations. Ah yes, and there are campaigners who want the remit of the Scottish Child Abuse Inquiry to now include state schools. That's correct, but the Scottish Government has said that changing the remit to include state schools would delay its conclusion. Instead, Natalie Dawn, the Minister for Children and Young People, has said the government was committed to all children and young people growing up loved, safe and respected, with consistent care and protection. And everyone who works with them should be able to identify and act on any concerns they may have. Well, hopefully progress will be made quickly to ensure the proper protection of children and young people who are at risk. Let's hope. Well, Natalie, is it time? It is, Danielle. Time for our safeguarding success story of the week. Oh, such a lovely moment in the podcast. It really is. This week, we're looking at how a course on consent changed the lives of young offenders in Northern Ireland. The Listen, Learn, Lead programme is run through White Ribbon UK by the Northern Ireland founder, Tawny McCory. It has been designed to allow men the opportunity to prevent and reduce violence against women by educating them on consent. This includes ways to recognise inappropriate behaviour, what constitutes a healthy relationship and how to safely intervene or challenge a friend or colleague who is acting inappropriately. Very important lessons for everyone to learn. It is. Now, normally this programme is rolled out in clubs or businesses. However, this summer, Hydebank Prison invited Macquarie to the prison to teach the course to a group of young male offenders between the ages of 18 and 21, some of whom were serving time for serious sexual offences. The prison officers felt this programme could offer these young men an opportunity to learn about consent for the first time. And was it successful? Enormously. After a few weeks at the course, the men began to open up, with many of them saying how much they wished they'd learnt about consent in school and thanking Macquarie for teaching them. The prison's management was even impressed by the popularity of the programme, saying that attendance numbers were greater than what they'd anticipated. Not only that, but the men began to challenge each other during the classes as well. And there was one incident where two prisoners told another prisoner to stop being physical with a female member of staff who was attempting to restrain him. The prison officers also said they heard groups of men having in-depth discussions about what they'd learned in the course. Wow, that is incredible. To think that the lessons being learned are actually being applied and carried out immediately after the training is just fantastic. Yeah. One prisoner who attended the programme even said that he thought it should be compulsory in schools and said that it had changed how he viewed social situations, such as seeing a mate trying it on with a girl as pressure instead of trying his luck. 
One inspiring story. I actually think that's my favourite safeguarding success story. It just goes to show the power of education and empowerment at any stage of life and how this enables us all to protect others from harm. Exactly. That's why we do what we do. It is. And we've got lots of training courses available that teach valuable lessons like this one, which you can find through your app or by visiting our website. Join us next week as we keep you up to date with the latest in safeguarding news and alerts. Oh, and keep an eye out... Or an ear. ...for our mobile phone band special. You can follow us on social media in the meantime or sign up to our safeguarding hub through our website. Until next time, stay safe.